0: Good morning, and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's prescription for your problems. And I'm joined today by Pastor Richard Lejeune, and I'm joined today
1: by Pastor Curtis King.
0: And we are happy to be here. Yes, yes, we are. are. Yes, sir. You are not at White Oak Baptist Church right now. That is not the auditorium of White Oak Baptist Church behind you.
1: No, I am sitting in my brother's house in Indiana, and um. Sadly, I have flown out here uh, to attend a funeral for my good friend and missionary, Mark Rader, who passed away a week ago in a car accident. And so, um, uh, I'll be going to the viewing
0: this evening and then to the funeral tomorrow. Okay, okay. Well, I... I have noticed, uh, I I suppose those are your nieces and nephews that I've seen buzzing around back behind you there. (laughs) Yeah, my my little niece is uh, running around. Um,
1: Leah is her name. She's cute as a button. She's two years old. So I don't know if she'll be running around. I think mom took her down to the basement so we could record this. Okay.
0: uh, All right. Well, I've got Joseph up up here so i don't know if he'll be buzzing around back behind us or not so yeah oh my goodness when you're well, two
1: when you're two it's allowed you know because you don't know better when you're Joseph's age, come on joseph you should know better
0: he's 26 yeah he he ought to know you know behave yourself yeah oh he's hollering at me up there hey buddy yeah, see, he's he not, said, he's, no, he's, he's not going to save himself. himself so. uh, I, t- I tell you, Joe, he's the MVP. He really yeah. is. I don't know what I'd do up here without him. He's a, he's a blessing. And, uh, he, he comes into the church just about every single day and volunteers here before he goes to work in the evening. And uh, yeah, he sits up there in the crow's nest and works on church stuff. You know, That's fantastic. And he's a blessing. He is a blessing. I love him man well when this airs uh we will have had a huge day at white oak
1: um launching into two morning services and then wow the official launch of our spanish ministry yeah uh, yes. just taken place and so I, we are fired up fired well, up about what god's
0: doing over here at white oak i saw the video on facebook of your um uh, uh, the man that's leading your spanish ministry him and his wife I did not understand anything they said, but I loved it because we got to sit with them at the, uh, at the same table with them at the, um, uh, uh couples conference uh-huh. and, um, uh, and what a dear, dear couple. Oh my goodness. You are blessed to have them. So, um, yeah, John, I'm, John is properly named. John
1: has the same uh, temperament of John, the apostle. And just, uh, the, he wants you know, to call G-
0: fire down from heaven on people. Well, at, at times, <laughs> at times, no
1: <laughs> sons of thunder. Uh, John, um, the other John, side of John, the other side of John, the, the tender, loving, caring disciple whom Jesus loved. John is just a lovable guy, and it, yeah. just just a just an all star church member. And
0: now he's a deacon in our church. So, oh, that's tremendous. Yeah, that is yep. tremendous. Well, I, I think the world of him, I've always thought John. Uh, was a sweet, gentle person, but I think sometimes sweet gentle people let things build up inside of them yep until they want to call fire down from heaven <laughs> You know yes. so uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, my goodness, well I can see a lot of John in him that is that is tremendous, that really is. Hey, I have to uh, concede uh, last week you absolutely slaughtered me uh, with the joke. And I knew as soon as you gave that punchline last Monday, I knew. Okay, uh, I, I, I this is this is awful. I have zero chance of winning. I almost didn't even tell mine last week. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you know, uh, as they say in sports, um, you're only as good as uh, the next day's uh, your next day's effort. So. Yeah, Whatever my joke yeah. was last week, that's last week. So, you know, I got to bring it again this week. So, uh,
0: the, the playing field is level again today. So, yes, it uh, is. Yeah. I've got a, I would give my joke today a, a good solid B. I wouldn't okay. say it's a B plus. I don't think it's a B minus. I think it's a good solid B. I think, um, well, you know how most jokes are. Delivery is, is what it's all about. It's but all about delivery. You told me before we started, somebody said your joke last week was lame.
1: All Who of my said family, Who? My family, my, my oh. wife and my kids, and then Hope Barrios. Uh-oh. Hope Barrios, my children's director's wife, yeah. said my joke was lame. I so. preached a
0: whole sermon about Hope at your church.
1: I know you did. You gave her I all know. that attention. See, now she's loyal to you. That's why she's dissing my joke.
0: Uh, you know, well, she needs to stop that. That was not a lame joke last week. That was an outstanding joke last week. That was... If you could have an A plus, if, if I could give that joke ten stars, I would. There you go, hope Yeah, but Five that? is as high as you're allowed to go. So uh, okay, I was yeah. a five. Well, you went first. Joke. You went first last week, and so I'm going to go first today. Okay. All right. All right, and uh, we're on the topic of marriage because we're doing the questions and answers from uh, the couples conference at your church. So there was a little boy. Uh, He was sitting in the living room floor, and he was looking through his parents' um, uh, wedding photo album. And uh, he looked up his mom, and he said, Mom, did you marry Dad because he was handsome? And she smiled and said, no, no, and uh, and kind of a little, little shy. And so he just kept flipping through the pictures, and a few minutes later, he said, Mom, did you marry Dad because he was rich? And she laughed and said, oh, so we didn't have any money at all when we got married. And he kept flipping through the pictures. And finally, he didn't even look up. And he said, so you married him because you felt sorry for him? <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. And she didn't answer that. So um well, anyway. there's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's my joke of the week. And that's marriage appropriate. When
1: all else fails, be pitiful. You might just get married. So
0: yes. Sympathy feels like love.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you shared that little hack at, uh, at the conference with the men. Did you not? I did. I sure did. All right. Here's my joke. So a little boy is playing up in the attic and he's opening up boxes and, and he pulls out this Bible. And I mean, it is so old it it's covered in 12 inches of dust this thing looks like an ancient relic (laughs) so the little boy he picks up the bible and he blows all the dust off and he's coughing and sneezing and and (laughs) he takes his hand and just pushes the dust away and he opens the bible and he noticed that there is a leaf that's been pressed inside the pages of this bible so he takes the leaf out of the bible and he He climbs down out of the attic, and he he runs, and he says, Mom, 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 look what I found. And the mom said, well, what do you have there? He said, Mom, I think it's Adam's underwear.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. You beat me twice in a row. Oh, no. (laughs) That's a good – if you downplayed that one, you downplayed that one. Ah oh, man. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you what, this week I am going to have to pull out all the stops to come up with a good joke for next time.
1: All right.
0: Uh, Adam's under oh, Wow. <laughs> You're killing me, Pastor Richard. You're killing me.
1: Well, uh, we're having a good time here and uh, we're having a good time talking about marriage.
0: Yes, we are. <laughs> you just said underwear on a podcast (laughs) yes i did does does the fcc allow that Uh, (laughs) of course they allow everything does the baptist fcc allow that that's the question okay all right right. yes back to yeah go right ahead you're you're introducing we are talking about
1: yeah we're talking about marriage right and and i'm trying to get off of this uh joke so um (laughs) Yeah, so we're talking about marriage, and uh, as was mentioned, Pastor King was at our couples conference um, a couple weeks back here, and some of the ladies were invited, or all the ladies were invited to submit questions for Q&A time, and so we have gotten our hands on those questions, and we are doing our best to answer them from a biblical perspective and a male perspective. So Mm -hmm. last week, we looked at uh, two questions. We talked about how to handle a messy husband, And then we talked about how to trust uh, a spouse after infidelity. So we've got three questions we're going to look at addressing today. And stay tuned because the third question we're going to get into is going to get very personal. And some of you are right now maybe in the throes of uh, difficulty in your marriage. And maybe even thinking about walking away or just giving up. And uh, we're going to hopefully breathe some new life into your marriage based on... um, our own experiences and just assure you that everything's to hang in there. Everything's going to be okay. So let's start with a lighter question here. All right, pastor King, here's the question that was submitted. Is it okay to be jealous?
0: Is it okay to be jealous? Um, that is a great question. And uh, I, I would have to, um, answer that in in a progression. Okay. Uh, And and I'm going to make the progression fast because I know question number three for today is is a big one. But um, to be jealous can mean a lot of different things. Okay. It can mean a lot of different things. I I don't think it's okay to be uh, jealous for no reason. Um, uh, I I would say this, that um, if a woman is jealous because your husband is uh, taking a female co-worker out to lunch. Um, I'm on your side, ma'am. I, I am that he ought not do that. Okay. And I don't think that a, a woman has an issue has um, should feel any reservation by telling her husband, listen, I am not good with this. Okay. Um, and I would say, and it goes both ways. I, if you're a man and your wife is going out to lunch, just her and a male, employee. Um, now, if if your wife is going out to lunch with, you know, four male employees and seven female employees all together, okay, I, you, you, it's work, okay, it's work. Um, you ought not be jealous about that, but if it's just her and a guy, uh, yeah, or if there's, uh, you know, long extended text messages between, you know, I, I get that. Uh, And I really believe that um, uh, a a spouse has the right to look at their spouse and say, I'm not good with this. I'm not good with this. Um, And what's funny is that um, a few years ago, there was a very well-known politician that had that um, standard that he would not go out to lunch with just him and a woman. And he was ridiculed over that. I mean, just absolutely harshly ridiculed for having that standard. But then there was another politician that um, uh, was caught in an affair about that same time. And he was harshly criticized for that. So what do you want? Okay. Do you want a man to have some boundaries or or not? Uh, Of course, everybody is going to obviously know where you and I stand on that, that um, the man who who had the affair would have never gotten there had he not started off by going out to dinner. Anyway, so the question is can you be jealous? Uh depending on how you define, you can. Here's what you cannot be, okay? You cannot be suspicious. If you have no reason to be suspicious, then you should not be suspicious. You cannot make up suspicion. Um and I found a, a verse on that, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Verse 24, the Bible says, for many are deceived by their own vain opinion their, or their empty opinion uh, and an evil suspicion have overthrown their judgments. So when you start developing empty opinions and evil, sinful suspicions, your, your judgment becomes overthrown. That's exactly what the verse is, is trying to say. Um, and so a lot of times people, their, their, uh, judgment is clouded because of suspicion that is not warranted. Okay. So, right. um, so if you are, um, if you're walking through the Walmart checkout line with your husband and, uh, and he smiles at the cashier and says, you know, something polite and kind, don't walk out of there saying you were flirting with her. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Okay. And you need to knock it off and grow up. Okay. Uh, But um, if, if, if you reach over to pick up your husband's cell phone and he goes into a panic, you may, you may need to have a talk. So can you be jealous? Depends on how you define jealousy. Can you be suspicious no, you cannot be suspicious if you don't have reasons to be suspicious. You can't, um, you can't live in a, in fears you make up on your own. So did I spend too much time on that? No. Or, I mean, anything you want to add to that, Pastor LeJurn? No, I think you covered it really well. I like the way you, you answered that. Well, thank you. All right. And so our other uh, question before we get to the heavy one is, uh, what is one way you build up your husband? What is one way... You build up your husband. That's great. So, uh, in premarital counseling, well, you don't have a husband,
1: but we're we're answering this for the ladies. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things I do when I'm in premarital counseling, or even just going back to the basics with a couple who's struggling, is I, I ask them, I say, everyone's love tank has a gauge, a fuel gauge. And I say, what is that fuel gauge? So, take a minute. Listener, think about what is that fuel gauge? How can you tell uh, that your spouse's love tank is on E, is running dry? And the answer is behavior. You look at their behavior. And when someone mm-hmm. is is lashing out, there's a good chance they're not feeling very loved or very uh, taken care of in that marriage. I've got a verse here to help answer the question. Ephesians 5.33 says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, And the wife see that she reverence her husband ladies god's only commanded you to reverence two people and Mm -hmm. and that's if you're married and that is god and your husband and the word reverence borders on the word worship yeah it works right up to that line of worship and uh it's um you're not to reverence your pastor you're not to reverence your boss you're to reverence god and you're to reverence your husband and so a little uh, little secret here for you. Men are built on respect. We mm-hmm. just have this um, desire to be respected. I remember the day I fell in love with Angela. I remember it very clear. I was here in Indiana. I was a, a student at Hiles Anderson College and attending First Baptist Church. And I was walking out of the lobby. And um, it was after church on a Sunday evening. The lobby was packed. There's probably a 1,000 people in the lobby. There's just packed people leaving the auditorium. And as I'm walking out the door to the outside, um, I turn and I look at the crowd and I say, one day I'm going to pastor a church that has this many people in it. And Angela looked over at me and she said, I believe you will. And I want to be by your side when you do it. And that day I fell in love with Angela. Because she breathed respect my direction that, that the response to her respect from my heart was love and so as a man loves his wife wife should respect him and as a wife respects her husband a man should love him so really quick the best way to build up your husband is write down three or four things that you respect about your husband and then just walk into a room where he is and just say i was doing some thinking and i just want you to know that i deeply respect you and then just turn around and walk away Mm mm-hmm and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, all right? Either he's going to chase you down and say, what did you just say? <laughs> you respect me? Or if he's more stoic, he may not, but he's going to soften. Yeah, I, I can yeah. almost promise you that within the next 24 hours of you saying that, he's going to say, you said you respect me. What, what was it that you've been thinking about that you respect me? Now, ladies, this is why you got to write these three or four things down. Yeah. And don't pull have out to a have piece an of paper and say, <laughs> Well, let me let me go back what let me I can't remember. Let, let, you better have them top of mind, ready, and, and be ready right and ready to tell him. And and when you tell him, I'm gonna tell you that will build him yeah. up. Men don't need to hear I love you as much as they need to feel I respect you. So yeah. you show respect to your husband, I'm gonna tell you, that's going that's going to launch your marriage to
0: another stratosphere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't care. I, I, I shouldn't say I don't care. I do care. Um, but if Janet were to start throwing compliments on my looks, on my intellect, on my talents, that I would see that as empty because I know my looks, my <laughs> intellect, my talent, you know, but when I feel like she respects my character, um, I, I I will work like a dog to serve mm. her if I feel like she respects my character. So, yeah, Good. A great answer. And honestly, I had written some thoughts down, and you said exactly what I wanted to say. Brilliant minds think alike, so Amen. at least so I'm told. All right. Average minds uh, think alike, also. So, oh well, you know. I- <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to let you introduce the next one here yes. because uh, we've got about uh, about 10 minutes left. I don't I guess that's enough time for us to get into this. But um, so uh, but look, you, you take it. And um, and, and let's see. Yeah, let's try to shoot for about five minutes apiece here on the answer. So
1: um, the question is, what is the hardest thing you had to endure in your marriage?
0: You want me to go first? Yeah, you go ahead and go. Okay. first. OK uh let me let me just say um people and we're we're just gonna be really transparent as much as we can be with five minutes apiece here but uh, uh people see me and Janet and uh they see us very much love each other and uh and and we are both joyful people, and sometimes they mistake that for uh we've had no trials in life um um you gotta understand our 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 um our first child. Was in bad shape when he was born. Our second child was born not breathing. Um, Alyssa was one year old before we were relatively certain she didn't have brain damage. Um, you know, um, uh, we lived in um, such abject poverty our first years of marriage. I mean, it, it, it was tough, it was really tough. Um, I could list a lot of uh, uh trials that we've gone through and we've we've come out of them joyful. We were married almost 15 years before we could put on paper how we made enough money to pay our bills. Okay. Uh I don't know how we survived our first almost 15 years, but um God was faithful and um so we we've gone through a lot of a lot of um dramatic experiences we've gone through a lot of heartaches and we've gone through a lot of um uh, we we have had plenty of times there was zero food in the house uh, you know served the kids popcorn for dinner but there wasn't enough for me and janet to eat um you know we've had we've had all that the um the most um difficult experience of our lives um took place about five and a half a little over five years ago and um uh, Janet was my secretary, and um, uh, I made her quit uh, because it was, it was literally driving her crazy. And let me say, the people who lived through this experience with us, um, I don't point fingers at anybody. Um, we, there was a, just a storm that brewed um, that it just got out of control. I mean, it just got out of control. It really did. Um, I don't point fingers of blame at anybody. I, I don't hold any bitterness in my heart toward anybody, but it was just getting to be too much for me to handle. And it was too much for my wife to handle. And so I made her quit. And, um, you know, Richard, you, you remember those days very well. You were right by my side through the whole experience and loved us. And, but uh, I would come home at the end of the day and, um, Janet, I would find her, uh, literally laying on the floor, um, crying. Out of control, and I would get down on the floor with her and put my arms around her and just cry with her, and um, it, it drove uh, it drove us both literally uh, to a nervous breakdown. And um, um, I resigned the church, and um, we didn't know what to do. I mean, um, uh, we were in about as bad of a financial situation as as we had ever been in our marriage, and. Um one of my dearest friends, uh William Jeffcoat, has uh has in his backyard. It was a basically a shed, like a work shed that he had converted into a little one-bedroom cottage. And uh he let me and Janet and Joseph uh move to South Carolina and um um and and live in his backyard. And we did that for almost a year. And um I gotta tell you, I am I, um, physically my, my body was shutting down. Okay. And, um, um, and even to this day, my, there are things about me physically that just don't work right. Um, going back to that era and, um, you know, anybody who's never really understood what a nervous breakdown is, um, be thankful. You don't know what a nervous breakdown is. Um, it, it was, it was brutal. I, I'll tell you this, um, in the middle of that, and I know we've got about 30 seconds left, but in the middle of that, I did I did determine that this could push her and I against each other or it could push her and I toward each other. and um, And we were both committed to not pulling away from each other through all of that. And now I have to say along with this that having Joseph living there with us actually helped it really did um um his presence was uh was a real positive for us and it's odd that a uh, the presence of a, a a third person inside your little one bedroom cottage could actually be a good thing for but it was and uh i would say this and my time is up here but uh we survived a dark dark time where we both literally wanted to die okay um, but we both did love Jesus and we both loved each other and we survived and you can too. So what, what's your, what's your challenge or challenging time? So, yeah.
1: um, the, we were at a time in our, our marriage where, um, we had endured a lot of things together and had left, um, a ministry we've been a part of it for four years and then had moved into a really tiny little space, kind of like you uh, with two, two kids, there was four of us in about 600 square feet of space. And and then we moved back to Maryland, um, and, uh, we're working with, with pastor King there again. And, um, uh, we had a situation come up in our marriage where, um, there was a third person who was believed to be, um, a threat to the marriage. And so uh, while I did not do anything wrong and Angela did not do anything wrong, uh, there was a perception that someone was after me uh, in our marriage. And that, uh, that grew large and that grew out of control uh, to a place where uh, it was limiting um, the work. It, it, it was limiting our home life. Uh, it was causing great strife in our marriage i remember one point in that uh this went on for months just months or one point in that I, I i hopped in my car on a sunday afternoon and i uh, didn't tell angela or anybody where i was going i turned my cell phone off and i just drove to knoxville tennessee to see my uncle drove there all night in a little beater car and uh, spent the night on his couch in his living room and i just needed to get away because i didn't feel like i could I was nearing despair. I was nearing uh just the end of my emotional rope. And uh when I got back I thought, well now maybe things will be better. Um, things didn't get any better and um uh it just kept getting uglier. And so finally my uncle told me, he said, I know a professional counselor out in Michigan. You you and Angela can go see that counselor and I remember we drove out there together alone and there was nastiness in the car all the way to Michigan and uh, just bickering and, and screaming and fighting and just, it was just accusations and, and defending and other accusations back and forth. And I remember sitting in that counselor's office in, in Michigan, and the counselor said to me, he said, Do you want a divorce? And I looked at him and I, and I said to him, I said, I do not want a divorce. I want to die. And I meant every word of it. And to be honest, yeah. I think Angela felt the same way. Yeah. And I just, I, I didn't want to live anymore. I had lost even any desire to, to continue on in my life. I was miserable beyond miserable. And in that moment, I, I was alone walking with God and, and the Lord said to me, the way that you feel right now um, is the way that I feel after I have loved you so much. And you were not giving me the love and attention I need. And God spoke to me in just a profound way. So um, that counselor was able to give us some, some things and help us. And uh, our marriage began to heal and get better. And I gotta say that was six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we made it. Yeah. And you may be in a dark, dark valley whether you're bickering with each other the way me and Angela were, or you're just suffering a nervous breakdown together the way that the kings here were, um, the Lord will carry you through if you don't quit. Yeah. And um, I remember saying to Angela in the middle of all that, no matter how bad this gets, I'm not giving up on you and I'm not giving up on us. And there has to be that dog determination that you're not going to give up. No matter what it is, and the Lord will heal your marriage and the sun's gonna come up in the morning. Yeah. So stay in there and say Yeah. I give you the last uh, last thought there.
0: I, you know, I would just tell people that you need to have a hang in there kind of attitude toward it. Um the the old saying, This too shall pass, tomorrow's waiting. Hang in there.